Welcome to the Top 5, where each week I break down my top 5 takeaways from the NASCAR race. This week, Texas Motor Speedway. Hello and welcome to the Top 5. I'm your host, Connor. And as mentioned, I break down my takeaways from the NASCAR race each week. If you want to share with me your thoughts, I'd encourage you to do so. I would love to hear from you. If you go to Facebook and search The Top 5, you will find uh, my Facebook page. And that's spelled out, the the number 5, not, or I'm sorry, the word 5, not the number. Uh, also, you can go to patreon.com forward slash The Top 5 uh, and share with me your thoughts. Agree or disagree, let's just have a fun conversation. This week was Texas Motor Speedway, and oh boy, what a race. I, I, was, I was pretty incensed watching this race. I was so furious. I typically spend the top five breaking down the actual race, but I have to go a different route this time because I am I'm just so mad. Let's get right into it. Number one. I can't get into the race itself or any other aspect of what happened at Texas without getting into uh, the tire issues. Obviously, that was the biggest uh, takeaway, the biggest storyline from the race. And if you've listened to this podcast, it's something that I've talked about ad nauseum. As a matter of fact, it was a, a bullet point from last week's race at Kansas. Uh I don't know if NASCAR saw what happened at Kansas or other intermediate tracks and got with Goodyear and tried to fix it but made it worse. I have no idea. But it is it is such an embarrassment for the race. And in the playoffs, in a crucial point of the playoffs too, you had Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, and Martin Truex Jr. spinning out from the lead with tires that only had 30, 35 laps on them. And listen, you know what's a problem if I'm complaining about Kevin or uh, Kyle Busch spinning out. I guess that's the only one that it's okay. Uh, kidding, of course, but this cannot be a thing. This cannot happen. You, you are going to lose viewers and fans so quickly if this is what continues to happen. And... I just don't get it. I've heard a lot of different things. If, um, But the thing I think that really, really chapped me the most was immediately after the race, Goodyear came out and blamed the crew chiefs for running too low of a tire pressure. That's a bad, bad look. You can't come out immediately after the debacle that you helped cause and pass blame. You have to eat it, even if, hypothetically, and I don't think that the issue is just solely tire pressures because there were a lot of different cars running at a lot of different tire pressures. And I heard Busher uh, on a podcast say uh, they had issues at like multiple different tire pressures, like not a, a, a hundredth of a pound, running several pound differences, they've had tire issue, uh, tires blow out. Um, but you cannot have this debacle that you played a part of and just pass the blame. If anything, they should have just said nothing. Goodyear should have just kept quiet and uh, and let it be. But to come out and pay, 
put blame on the crew chiefs is sad and embarrassing. And honestly, I don't know. I don't know if the sport can sustain this type of garbage. I hope they get it right. Uh, We have a couple more intermediates before the end of the season. So, you know, we have two short tracks, a Roval and a super speedway. So hopefully, you know, short tracks, we haven't seemed to see an issue. Road courses typically have a really, really, really hard tire. So I doubt we'll see an issue. But maybe on the Roval, they do go in on, you know, they they go basically the whole track um, on the banking. I really hope that NASCAR figures this out. I really hope that it doesn't affect the championship anymore. The chase is fun. It's fun to watch, and it's just getting absolutely destroyed. Let's get into the actual race itself. Number two. So I'll try hard not to be a huge bummer and not just to complain and if you listen to me you know i love nascar and i do try not to complain too much but on top of the tire issue texas just stinks it is a stinker of a track i don't know and there's been so much debate online and on different podcasts anywhere that you take in your your nascar media has been talking about what to do with Texas, how to make it better. And I don't know if I necessarily have the answer. I know I'll, as much as I love what they did to Atlanta, I don't want them to do the exact same thing to Texas. I like the unique uniqueness, although they're the same length and same style track. Uh, I would like to see different racing at each one, but this the racing, when they're not under caution for a blown tire, the racing is a snooze fest. And unfortunately you've seen a major, major decline in fans at Texas. I know Texas has a huge grandstand, but there was like nobody in it. Other than around the start-finish line, there were gigantic sections of just empty seats. That's a bad luck. That's a real bad luck. Um, And it's... It is because Texas is a boring racetrack. It just is. And, and you know, if you look back at Texas, their history, you know, they had the first ever race there uh, in the 90s. Uh, Jeff Gordon won it. And it's packed. If you look at races from that point forward, there is a steady decline in attendance to the point where they used to have backstretch seating. They got rid of that. And it is just shrunk and shrunk and shrunk. The fans... And the TV audience, uh, the in-person fans and the TV audience are telling you what something needs to be done. And they're not doing anything. Uh, the race was, it was okay. There were a lot of different lead changes, mostly because of blown tires. Why there's a 500-mile race in, in, at an intermediate in the playoffs is beyond me. I know Kevin Harvick was online complaining about a lot of stuff. And a lot of it was him being an old man complaining about things. Um, I, I think Kevin's Kevin's a great race car driver. I, I think he might be getting a little long in the tooth. I think we might have a Mark Martin situation going here where Kevin kind of needs to move along. Different topic for different time. Um, but the race, when the cars were actually on track running... They weren't that, it just wasn't that exciting. It wasn't that great a racing. 
Uh, Chris, or uh, I'm sorry, Tyler Reddick got the win. Uh, great, great statement for him after being told that he's not going to be in his car. The guy driving his car has been knocked. The guy that's going to be driving his car next year has been knocked out of the playoffs and can't finish a race to save his life. Granted, this time it wasn't his necessarily his fault. Um, and meanwhile, Tyler Reddick is dominating and winning races. Congrats. Good on him. Good dude. Good young race car driver. I hope the best for him moving forward. Um, but that's really, I, I don't have a, a point by point breakdown of the race because it just wasn't that exciting. Other than the tires, there's not a lot to say. Um, however, I do want to break down NBC's coverage and that's my next point. Number three. I sincerely hope that NASCAR does not have NBC as a broadcast sponsor moving forward. I know, I believe it's after next season, their TV contracts uh, for both Fox and uh, NBC are up. I really hope that they switch networks for so many reasons. First of all, putting these races on USA is ridiculous. It makes no sense. And um, their broadcast team is awful. And now I don't mean... The entire team. Dale Jr. is phenomenal. Burton is good. Latart is very knowledgeable, but um, but very bland and boring. And Rick Allen is legitimately unlistenable. Why Kyle Petty is on TV is beyond me. Uh, I mean, it's it's because of his last name, but he he provides nothing. He's a complete bore. Dale Jarrett is great in the studio. Uh, and so is Brad Daughtry. Uh, but Rick Allen is the absolute worst. And it's one thing, you know, there's a lot happening on track. But why you don't have enough cameras to cover the entire track is beyond crazy to me. Um, Fox somehow does it. Same track. They run a spring race in Texas and Fox somehow doesn't miss anything. But Dale Jr. is so quick and he sees the whole track and he'll point things out. Big things that are happening, wrecks or, you know, tight races for positions. And NBC just doesn't show it. They're just showing something completely different. It is it's just mind-numbing to me. And to say that it happens is one thing. It happens, I don't know, five times, ten times, every single race. William Byron spun out Denny Hamlin under caution and no camera picked it up. You're telling me that you don't just have cameras pointed down both front and back stretch at all times just to catch anything that you may have missed? That is so poorly done. It's like they're just trying to do it on the cheap. And then to make up for it, they have just an absolute onslaught of commercials. And I know it's cliche to complain about um, commercials in a race. But if you look at the way Fox does it and you look at the way NBC does it, it is so starkly different. It's just mind-boggling to me that NBC is so bad at it. And speaking of um, Hamlin and, and Byron, first of all, I don't have a problem with what Byron did. He, he needs to stand up to Denny, and Denny's not going to do anything. Denny always says he's going to get 
driver's back. He never does anything. He's a wuss. He's a crybaby wuss. Uh, and he drives like a complete jerk and then is just, just cannot figure it out. Why, why guys want to spin him out? Why guys smack into the back of him under caution? How could that happen? I mean, he almost put Byron in the wall. Almost ended his day. If it wasn't for the skilled driver of Byron, you know, if that had been Jeb Bush, that, that would have been the end of the day for Jeb Bush. He would have hit the wall. But, um, man, Byron, you got it. You can't admit it. You, you cannot admit it. I know he's a young guy. He gets out the car and kind of admits it. And then NBC, whoever it was in the pit road, asked him, flat out, did you intentionally spin him? And I was so hopeful that Byron would say, oh, no, I was just looking at my gauges. My bad. You cannot admit to it. And now he's been docked a bunch of points, and he's in uh, in bad shape moving forward. But the fact that that happened and NBC didn't catch it is unforgivable. The fact that I have to hear Rick Allen's annoying voice is unforgivable, and I really cannot wait for NASCAR to be off NBC. Number four. So let's look at the playoffs. Obviously, that's the major, major thing right now. Um, with being docked huge, William Byron is is down to 10th. Um, with all those issues, Joey Logano moved his way to the lead uh, pretty, pretty substantially. Ross Chastain is close. Um, and then Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney, Ryan Blaney's fourth, no wins. That is some consistent point scoring. Uh, Denny Hamlin cried his way to fifth. Suarez is sixth. Chase Elliott, ninth. Briscoe, eighth. So right now below the cut line is Cendric, William Byron, Christopher Bell, and Alex Bowman. Um, it's going to be tough for Alex Bowman. He has to miss the next race due to an injury. Uh, William Byron's got a long way looking up with um, the points that he was docked for, for the incident that he admitted to. But the next two tracks, being Talladega and the Roval, obviously you have to look at Austin Sendrick, who's below the cut line, Chase Briscoe, uh, Daniel Suarez, um, Ryan Blaney always runs well. Joey Logano has won, I think, four or five times at Talladega. So uh, there could be a major shakeup before this is all done. I wouldn't count anyone out. And then, of course, the Roval after that, Daniel Suarez and Chase Elliott have both won on road courses this year. Uh, so has Ross Chastain. So it's really going to be interesting, these playoffs. Um, I think... There are a few drivers, barring major incidents, that seem like they're a lock to make the next round. Uh, and there's a few that seem pretty pretty unlikely to make the next round. But I'll do that when I get to my predicting. So that's the current playoff report. Let's look forward to the next race. Number five. Looking forward, always my last and final point, Talladega Super Speedway. What a fun race. If you don't like Dega, you don't like NASCAR. It is unpredictable and wild and crazy and an absolute, just absolute blast to watch. I've never been. I would love to go in person. 
So it's one of those races, you know, there's a lot of races where it seems like the drivers just sort of tick off laps in the mid, you know, in the second section, uh, second section. Uh, this is one of those races that you watch edge of the seat damn near the entire time. Cause it is just, it's cool. It's fun. Um, I can't wait to watch, you know, there's going to be a massive crowd. They always sell out Dega with those crazy fans. I think in my younger years, that's something I would have liked to have done. I think as I'm a little bit older now, I don't know if my liver can handle it. Those guys go crazy. Uh, I am going to predict that Ross Chastain gets the win. And as I've been doing... Oh, and before I make my next prediction, bet your house on it. Go ahead. Uh, if you win, chip me off 10%. If you lose, you probably shouldn't have bet that much anyway. That's on you. That, that's your bad, not me. Uh, as I've been doing in the playoffs... I'm going to predict the the next four out of the playoffs. This will change week to week, obviously. Uh, and I'm going to predict Alex Bowman, Christopher Bell, Chase Briscoe, and Daniel Suarez are the next four out. Uh, we will see how it goes. I look forward to watching it. I will be reporting back, and I will more than likely get back to my standard format. I had to kind of get on and just vent this time. Uh, but tell me what you think about what I had to say. Go to Facebook.com and search The Top 5 and leave me a comment. Let me know. Just let me know that you even listened or, or if you disagree with me. Uh, or Patreon.com forward slash The Top 5. So thanks for much for listening. I look forward to sharing my thoughts with you after Talladega. This has been The Top 5 and I'm Connor.